0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Prophet Kevin Leo. Kevin has devoted his life to see the restoration of supernatural power in both the Word and the Spirit to this generation. Open your Bibles, open your hearts, as we join Kevin in one of his crusades from around the world. Well, tonight, I believe the
1: Spirit of God wants to do something to shake your soul into the kingdom of God. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about healing a broken generation. Somebody say, healing, healing. A, broken a broken generation. Now, if you're under 40, say this with me. Say, we are, we are a, broken a broken generation. We are, we are living, in a living in a broken nation. And if you want to have some idealism that we're not that way, you're never going to get healed. You're never going to get healthy. you got to have reality-based conversations. Somebody say, reality-based. Conversation.
2: Conversation.
1: Now, Apostle David talked about the design thing that I say. Let me do it with you right now. Say, I'm a design in a design in a design in a design. God is a designer. Everything about the earth, about you is a design. When you go to medical school, you learn the design. So when you examine somebody, You can see something that's out of the design. Help me understand that doctors can't heal people, they can remove the obstructions so your body can heal itself. Well, that's kind of how churches are. If you don't want to get back to the creator, no matter what kind of sermon you hear, no matter what kind of power you receive, ultimately you got to go back into a relationship to the designer. Now, you can have a good church service, but that's not going to keep you healed. Not going to keep you healed. The same way that you have vitamins and minerals and protein and natural food, you have the exact same thing in spiritual food. You were worshiping a few moments ago. You didn't see it, but spiritual vitamins, minerals, and proteins were being deposited in your spirit. How many understand that. You don't see the vitamins and minerals when you eat a steak or a cheeseburger. When you eat some vegetables, you don't see inside those, but you just believe that when I eat this, it's going to feed me. Now, listen to me very carefully. There has been a lot of bad talk about local church. Been a bad talk about we don't need to come together. A lot of bad talk about we can do it all in a home. What if you're successful in a home? You got to go buy a bigger home and a bigger home and a bigger home and a bigger home. The alternative is to be a failure and just stay with 15 people. You know what makes this place a home? Not the building, but the hearts of every one of you. It's the heart. This group could have home right here. You could have family right here. And God's big on home. But one thing you have to understand is that all through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, there are different kind of metaphors for different emphasis that God has at different seasons in your life. How many here are not married? If you're not married, raise your hands. Now look around and see who's available. That's called Kevin E. Harmony right there. Oh, I know how single people are. You got one eye worship. You got one eye on the Lord, but you got the other eye scanning. Oh, look, Jesus. I love the Lord. Ooh, nice face. I love the Lord. Ooh, that's some nice muscles in that tattoo. But when God says you're a design and a design and a design, that's not rigid because God also gave you a personality. And inside God's design, there's room to express the uniqueness of who you are. And so if you think that a church is legalistic and boring and we got to obey the rules. Well, if you want to drive a car, you must obey some rules. But nobody's going to tell you what color to paint it, what kind of crazy wheels to get on it. How many know Fabian in his in his hot rod cars? I mean, he got some cars that just look like a rolling comic book when it goes down the street. <laughs> but as long as he stays inside the lines when he drives, it's all right. And all of you go through different phases. Some of you got different kind of hairdos. Years ago, my wife was out doing some shopping. My 14-year-old son got his older brother to do a mohawk. And this is like 25 years ago. And so when he did it, he shocked my wife because she was raised in a real legalistic Pentecostal. Don't cut your hair, church. Don't wear earrings, church. And so when she saw the mohawk, she went, he's gone south. He's gone crazy. He's, she manifested. I said, hey, 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 hey. I said, is it illegal? Everybody say with sarcasm, no. I said, honey, is it illegal? No. Is it immoral? Is it unbiblical? Is it unethical? But with a crying voice, she goes, but it's ugly. I said, honey, ugly, not a sin. Look at your neighbor say, ugly, not a sin. Come on, find somebody and say, ugly is not a sin. See, some of you, the stuff you're wearing today, The clothes that you have on your body today in 20 years, you'll say, hide it, hide it, hide it. (laughs) Because styles change, everything changes. But when we say you're a design in a design in a design, that means that God has a design for every aspect of life. But there is flexibility in that design. See, a lot of people think their preference should be your prophecy. Now, I'm not into tattoos for a lot of obvious reasons because your skin's going to get old. I'm going to gain weight. The guy that was 100 pounds on my arm in about 30 years, he weighs about 500 pounds. <laughs> but if you want a tattoo, it's not immoral, illegal, unethical, or unbiblical. Is anybody hearing me? You want to put metal in your head in holes that God never created? Well, go ahead. I'm not going to make my preference your prophecy. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And there's a lot of old religious, toasty, roasty people that want to put a condemnation attitude on you. How dare you? Got a tongue as long as a fire hose. Full of judgment. I understand that. And here's what the deal is. If you get mad at them, you pull yourself out of the fruit of the spirit. Nobody here can say, she made me so mad. Not without your permission. Not without your permission. What you're saying is that you didn't have enough control of the fruit of the spirit that you went animal on them. They may be so mad. Oh, we saw what wasn't in your garden. And so when we talk about it's a design and a design, is not really what you're saying. It's time to align to God's design. How many understand that your mind is a design? Has anybody ever heard it say she's out of her mind? He's out of his mind. Let me tell you something about our generation. They are so far away from God's design that crazy has become normal. You have to be really, really, really crazy to be crazy in this generation. See, you cannot judge if you're crazy or not by looking to your left or your right. You've got to look to the designer's book. Is everybody here today? Because I know some of you crazy. You came in here crazy. Let me ask you a question. Do crazy people know they're crazy? No. Well, then how do you know you're not crazy? You don't know you're crazy until you get measured against normal. You got to be measured. Well, Kevin, are you going to put guilt on me if possible? If I can make you feel guilty, I'm going to do it. Everybody say shame. Shame. Says I, am wrong. I says, I am something wrong. Guilt says, Guilt says I, did wrong. I did something wrong. Shame says, Shame says I am something wrong. Am something wrong. Guilt, says, Guilt says, I did something wrong. And the Holy Ghost will tell you when you do wrong stuff. You know why? He don't want you to go crazy. And that's why he gave you a conscience. How many have been in a modern car that when you get in, there's a little bell that says, buckle your seatbelt. And if you don't do it, it just keeps ding, ding, ding. That's the voice of your conscience. (laughs) She's not your wife. Keep your pants on. (laughs) The phonicata regulator. (laughs) Turn to him and say, the fornicator, the regulator.
0: regulator.
1: <laughs> there are reasons why God says don't have sex before marriage. There's a reason why He said that. When it feels good and you're not the boss of me, I am going to do what I want to do, but you'll be out of your design. You'll be out of your design. So today we're here to get you back in your design. And so there's many, many metaphors, the house of God, the family of God, the body of Christ, the army of God, the garden of God. There's a lot of different metaphors. And so whatever season you're in, that's going to be the metaphor that God's going to emphasize for you. And you're going to go from metaphor to metaphor to metaphor. When I was a young man, I was more into the army of God, evangelism, rescue people, fight the devil. But then when I got married and started having kids, God began to emphasize the family of God. And so in this room tonight, there are many, many different emphases at the same time. Hear me. And some of you are in the army of God mode. Let's go get the loss. Let's. Kick the devil in his crack all the way back to hell. Ow! <laughs> Others of you, you're in the bride mode. Let's worship. You're my husband. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. Blow the lois some kiss.
2: <laughs>
1: you're in the, he's the bride. Other into the house of God. We got to build the house of God. A strong tower where people can run into and be safe. There's some people in the family of God mode. Love your husband. Love your wife. Beat your kids every night. (laughs) Oh, I had to whip my kids. Well, Kevin, why did you whip your kids? Because I didn't want to turn them into demon babies. Somebody say demon, baby. Demon See, if your daddy never whipped you, now you in a relationship. If we hit the wrong subject, demon baby going to manifest. <laughs> some of us are into deliverance. When they come to church, they're looking for a demon. I know there's some demons here. I want to cast them out in Jesus name. Other people, they're in the healing mode. You got a headache? I got a headache healing anointing on me tonight. That's their emphasis. Wouldn't it be a boring church if everybody was on the same page at every time? But God is doing many things in all of us. And I got to respect if God's doing something to you, I can't demonize you and make you feel bad because you're not in my emphasis. Is anybody hearing me? Now, there is going to be a revelation of God healing your heart. And you say, well, God, I don't really need that. I'm, I'm good. Well, this is for somebody else then. Because if you're in this generation under 40, you're going to meet broken person after broken person after broken person. 50% of this generation came from broken families. If you happen to be African American, it's 75% plus. Over 75% of African-Americans came from broken families. No daddies. Just a statistic. So if you're going to get involved in that culture, you got to deal with that brokenness. Hello? Yeah. But i got good news that Jesus can heal brokenness. Yes. But you got to expose that brokenness. Amen. You know, when Jesus came and he saw this man that had a withered arm. And he said, do you want to be healed? It's amazing the number of people that say they want healing until they have the option to be healed. Here's what. Once you get healed, your life has to change. This guy was a professional beggar. He had the good hand that he reached for money, and he had the bad hand that he showed off to get the money. Help me. I've got a messed up hand. Give me some money. And they see the hand. So Jesus said, do you want to be healed? (laughs) I got to get a job then if I get healed. Then he said the very important words. He says, stretch forth your hand. In other words, expose the withered hand so everybody can see. When you're going to get healed, you got to expose yourself. That's good. You got to expose yourself. Well, I don't want anybody to see how broken I am. Well, you're going to stay broken. Yeah. See, I got a prophetic word for some of you. If you tell on yourself, the devil's got nothing to say. If you tell on yourself, the devil has nothing to say. Now, turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Because there is a very specific target that the Holy Ghost has towards you tonight. The apostle Paul wrote, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Look at verse 4 whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ or the image of God should shine on them. Everybody say the God of this age. age. Say "The the spirit of the age. Every generation has a spirit about it. When I was in my early 20s, I was in the late 60s, early 70s. The hippie generation free love, rebellion against this and that, the Vietnam War, all these things were happening at the same time. And if you live that generation, it was chaos because the values of the last 50 years are being overturned by a younger generation that said, this is not valid, we don't want it. There was a spirit in that age. Well, right now, there is a spirit in the age you're living in right now. And the thing that is happening is what God says is immoral, illegal, unethical, and unbiblical has been normalized and has been legislated to say, who are you to say this is not normal? Everybody say, the God of this age. God of this age. Say, the spirit, of the, age. the spirit of the age. Everybody say, you don't break God's laws. You don't break God's, laws. God's, laws break you. God's laws break you. You can't break God's laws. You can't break God's laws. God's laws break you. you. And so we have a generation full of fractures and brokenness in their soul. They look normal on the outside sometimes. (laughs) But the closer you get into a real relationship, they're broken, they're fractured. Let me tell you why this is so important. God said in the book of Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. He was not talking about marriage. He was talking about community. Well, Kevin, how do you know he wasn't talking about marriage? Well, that's how it starts. In the book of Proverbs, it says that if your wife is nagging, you go upon the roof, be alone. <laughs> so we know it wasn't about marriage. Nyan, 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 oh, I'm going to the roof. But every single one of you, you hate being alone. The worst penalty in a prison is confinement by yourself. Solitary confinement. You were not made to be alone. Say, I was not made, I was not made to, be alone. to be alone. I was not made to be alone. I was made, I was made for, fellowship for fellowship and community. That's why the last thing that Jesus did before he died was have communion. It was the highest pinnacle of the ministry. Now, let me describe what communion is because this message is to get you in communion. Somebody say this message is to get me in communion. Here's what the word communion means. I reach inside of my heart and I take something personal private and significant, and I feed it to you. Then you take something personal, private, and significant, and you feed it to me. That's what communion is. I reach inside of my heart, and I take something personal, private, and significant, and I feed it to you. Then you take something personal, private, and significant, and you feed it to me. The majority of you in this room have had not very significant communion. It's amazing that God hates gossip. God hates gossip. You know why? The best gossip is like the best communion. The best gossip is private, is personal, and it's so significant. And the reason God hates gossip is because gossip kills communion. It just kills communion. And just because you go to church don't mean you're having communion. Just because you're having sex with somebody doesn't mean you're having communion. Just because you're in a relationship with somebody doesn't mean you're having communion. Can I tell you what kills communion in committed relationships? Crazy responses. You bring up a subject and they keep bringing it up to beat you with it they take the intimacy thing that you told them and they turn it into a terrorizing weapon in your mind. Then communion stops. You tell them the secrets to get you healed and they turn it toxic to continue your torture. And then pretty soon, your whole life is like a police crime scene. You ever seen those police (laughs) crime scenes? They got that yellow and black tape, do not cross police barrier. And you get people that are broken and fragmented in their responses. And pretty soon, what was a nice house, you got police tape everywhere. Or oh, we can't talk about this subject. She goes crazy. Oh, I can't bring this up. He'll flip out on me. I don't want to go there because I know how he's going to respond. Oh, no, if I even mention this, she flips out. And so you take this 10-bedroom mansion, and now you're living in the garage with her. Because nothing, I say, is going to bring nothing but pain in my life. Oh, I remind you of some of your families you came out of. Say, I was not made, I was not made to, be to be alone. I was not made, was not made to, be to be alone. I was made, I was made for fellowship. And community. and community, and God says, I want to heal you. I want to heal you. You can feel the power of God coming to liberate you, but there is no deliverance without truth. Come on, raise your hands and in a loud voice, say, Holy, goat, Holy Ghost, tell me, the truth tell me the truth about myself, about myself. Tell, me the truth tell me the truth about my family, about my family. tell me the truth. Tell me the about my father, about my, father. About, my mother. about my mother, tell me the truth, tell me the truth. About, my family. about my family. Well, Kevin, I didn't know it was going to be so deep. Oh, this is not deep. This is just a doorknob to get in the house. Did somebody say reality-based reality based. Conversation. conversation. You see, God has no issues talking about your daddy or your mama. And if you have issues with people talking about your father, your mother to heal you, you're going to stay sick. You know, Any time there was a new king about to be anointed for the king of Israel, God always compared him to the last king, which is his father. He says, "Be like your father. If he was a good king, I will extend your reign. Don't be like your father, and I'm going to shorten your reign." You know why? The people that affect us the most outside of our idea about God is our natural family. Well, my father, I never knew him. He's still affecting you. Your imagination is still wandering. Why did he do this? What was he like? Am I like him? Do I look like her? Whatever it is. And see, in Christ, the pain can stop. But only after you tell yourself the truth. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About myself. About myself. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About, my family. About my family. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About my father. About my father. About my mother. About my mother. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About my family. About my family. See, every single one of you, there's a train of people waiting to be your friend. Every one of you, hundreds, maybe thousands of people. You're going to affect them for the rest of your life only if you can let them in your heart. See, a lot of you are so broken and scared of real relationships. You don't let nobody in your heart. You let me get close, wave at you the window of your soul, but you won't let them in. Because they may hurt you like my daddy did, like my mama did, like my last girlfriend did, like your last boyfriend did. Okay, so what's the option? Your heart doesn't get hurt that way, but it starves to death for a lack of friendship and relationship. Then you really get weird. (laughs) Oh, you're really weird now. You're in your basement at 41 years old playing video games 65 hours a week. (laughs) Oh, did I hit a nerve? Say, I was, not made I was not made to be alone. To be alone. I, was not made I was not made to be alone. To be alone. I, was made I was made for fellowship, for fellowship and, community. and community. You know why Big Bang is such a funny series? Because it's so close to truth. <laughs> and God is saying, I'm here to deliver you. I'm here to make your life change. So there are generational sins. And they're some of the hardest ones to deal with because to deal with the generational sin means i got to demonize my own generation. Everybody say the God of this age. God of this age. Say the spirit, of the, age. the spirit of the age. See, it's easy to demonize slavery from a 200 years ago. Well, I would have never had a slave. I would have never owned a human being. Well, that's easy to say now. Oh, it's quiet in here. (laughs) You see, six generations ago, my great grandfather was white and my grandmother was a slave on his plantation. So I I got some issues with this. I know about it. I just got my report back from (laughs) Ancestry.com. I'm 11% Scandinavian. And I can't ski. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm authorized to talk about slavery because it's part of my legacy. But here's the issue. You need to get delivered from your generational sins of this generation. And God is the only one who can define what sin is. Not the court, not the media, not Hollywood, and not your animalistic flesh. Only God can do that. The only God can tell you what healthy looks like. Everybody say the word Eden. Eden. The word Eden, where God put Adam and Eve means pleasure and delight. What's Eden mean? Pleasure and delight. What's Eden mean? Pleasure and delight. It had boundaries. It had structure. It had moral laws. Don't do this. You got one thing you can't do. And everything else has got pleasure in it. Now, why am I saying that? Adam and Eve got kicked out of Eden. The moment that you begin to sin, the consequences are pain. Now, why is this so important? Pain is always a result of brokenness. Everybody say, you don't break God's laws. You don't break God's, laws. God's, laws break you. God's laws break you. You can't break God's laws. You can't break God's, laws. God's laws break you.
2: God's laws
1: Everybody say, pain is my friend. Pain is my friend. Whenever you go to a doctor, what's he looking for? And if you're not honest about your pain, can the doctor help you? No. No, 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 doctor. I don't. I I think you're a molester because you want me to take off my clothes. (laughs) If you think the doctor is going to molest you when he wants to see your private parts, you'll never get healed. See, some of you, you take normal questions to heal you as perversion because of the pain of your past. You don't want to get near healing because it exposes your current pain. Somebody say reality-based? Reality-based. Conversation. Conversation. But the reason pain is your friend, if I can find your pain, then I can find the source of your pain. Then I can deliver you from your pain by getting you in God's design, and now health becomes your joy and your peace. And see, we always feel bad when we come into the light with our sin. You wanna get delivered? Call your sin by the same name God calls it. Well, I'm hooking up with my boyfriend. No, you're a fornicator. Say, it's not hooking up. You're a, You're a fornicator. See, everybody getting there right now, fornicator, fornicator. <laughs> I remember mean, the first time I saw the word fornicator. That's an old English word in the King James, and it says, and fornicators. And I didn't know what a fornicator was. I looked it up in the dictionary, and I said, oh, man, I'm a fornicator. <laughs> is there anybody here that know what a fornicator is? It means having any type of sex, even with yourself, outside the bounds of marriage. Is anybody hearing me? It means that you have sex inside the boundaries of marriage, even with yourself. Hello? You're a self fornicator. That nervous laughter. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, Are you a self fornicator? Look at your neighbor and say, Are you a self fornicator? If they won't look at you, the chances are. And so the moment you get out of Eden, you get in pain. Hear me? This is why the majority of substance abuse recovery systems don't work. Because pain chases pleasure. Drugs bring temporary pleasure. I'm in pain. Alcohol. Cocaine. Crack. A number of different drugs. Short term pleasure and then you crash and it intensifies the pain. Like one drunk said, I thought drinking alcohol, I could drown my sorrow. But then I found sorrow can swim. When the high is over, the pain intensifies. When the high is over, the pain intensifies. And the moment you say, I'm going to look my pain in the face. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to look my pain in the face. Scream it out loud. I'm gonna look my pain in the, face. the best counseling forces you to look your pain in the face. You want to get delivered? Call your sin by the same name God calls it. Everybody say, you don't break God's laws. God's laws break you. You can't break God's laws. You can't break God's God's laws break you. God's laws break you. See, some of you, you're going to be a bad marriage choice. Not because you don't look good. Not because you're not smart. Because in order to make any relationship work long term, you've got to look pain in the face. Yeah. You can't hide it like Adam and Eve did. They went into hiding. And so we're going to heal this generation. We got to deal with our pain issues. Everybody say natural law, law. spiritual law, law. law. natural law, law. spiritual law. 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 Now we know if we break natural laws, the consequences are very quick. Sometimes you jump off a building without a parachute, you can't suspend that. You know, you're not Spider-Man. You just revealed the law was there. (laughs) Yep. Gravity is still working. But spiritual laws are not so easy. When you lie, when you cheat, when you steal, when you judge people the wrong way, it starts fracturing your soul. And then it takes a while. But pretty soon the effects of breaking God's spiritual laws starts messing with your mind. You start having phobias, fears, shames, paranoia. The American Medical Association Prescribes more medicine for psychology related illnesses than any other nation on the earth. Everybody say, You don't break God's laws, you don't break God's, laws. God's laws break you. God's laws break you. You, can't break God's laws. you can't break God's laws, God's laws break you. All kinds of stress drugs, phobia drugs, fear drugs. We have violated and broken God's laws. Without any kind of restraint. And now we got all kinds of people on medication. Why? See, when you break God's laws, you set your heart in motion the wrong way. How many understand that your body is a chemical factory? Your hormones are powerful drugs inside of your body. And so when I break God's laws, I unlock a hormonal imbalance inside of me. How many know what adrenaline is? You know, You're walking down the street late at night. You hear this old dog. You take off running. You're overweight and 42, but you go, oh, my God, I've never run that fast since I was in high school. That was adrenaline. The adrenal gland opened up and gave you a short-term boost by a hormone. But you know what anger does? It opens up your adrenal glands, and it's pump and pump and pump and pump. Bitterness, your adrenal glands pump and pump, and you know what happens? You overmedicate yourself, and then you go to the doctor and say, "I got stress, I got stress, I got stress, I got stress." So he gives you another chemical to override the chemical you got for breaking God's laws. Wow. Now you got a man-made medication to alleviate the issues that you've been doing to yourself. Like I said, you cannot break God's laws. You cannot break them. You violate them, but you can't break them so they don't work anymore. God's nature is woven into your nature. And when I understood this, obeying God's laws became something that I wanted to do because I was hurting myself. Lying, cheating, stealing, fornicating, forgiveness. Some of you got severe forgiveness issues. But when you and in unforgiveness, it's like, You drink the poison and you wait for somebody else to die. One of the worst things you ever have is unforgiveness. It's so toxic. Of all the sins that a human could commit, when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, he puts forgiveness in the Lord's prayer. Of all the things that happen, murder, hatred, he says, forgive. Unforgiveness is so toxic, no human being can handle it. It will destroy you to do everything wrong to your brain, your emotions, everything, forgive. And we got a generation that excuses their unforgiving attitude. Well, you don't know what she did to me. You don't know what he did, but it it magnetizes your entire body. All your hormonal systems are out of whack and nobody can help you. Not even a good psychiatrist can't help you. Let me tell you something about psychiatry. I'm not against it. But it has its limits. They got on the television named Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil can clarify. Dr. Phil can identify. But Dr. Phil cannot sanctify. Only the Holy Ghost can heal that thing. He can clarify why you're crazy. Oh, yeah, she's crazy. (laughs) He can identify why you're dysfunctional. But he can't fix it. All he can do for you is put you in behavior modification. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to look my pain in the face. The best counseling forces you to look your pain in the face. You want to get delivered, call your sin by the same name God calls it. Let me give you a good word for this church. Well, why should I go to the Rock Church? Because they're not into behavior modification. Modification. They're into spiritual deliverance and formation. This church wants to get you so full of the Holy Ghost, so connected to the designer, that being in relationship to him, you heal by the process of being in closest with the creator. Most churches, they're into behavior modification. Be a nice person. The day I hate the most on the church calendar is Father's Day. Oh, I hate Father's Day. I hate it. Did I say I hate Father's Day? Okay. I hate it. (laughs) Well, let me tell you why I hate it. Not because of the honor they put on fathers, but because of the fake sermon most preachers preach on Father's Day. Well, today we want to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. And I've got a sermon 15 Ways to Be a Better Father. Who takes the notes? The wife. She becomes the police in the house. Point number one, point number two, point... And at the end of the sermon, he dumps all these rules on you and no power to live it. No tongue, no devil comes out, no shakamashai, no laying hands on you, no falling down, no shaking. So you go back home, the prisoner of the principles. Say, the prisoner of the principal. The the and then you get your evaluation about 10 days from your wife. Now, honey, can we have a talk? <laughs> it's usually 1130 at night. She's on her pillow. Honey, can I give you a pillow prophecy? <laughs> and she goes, I'm reviewing my notes from the wonderful sermon. that our loving pastor, Pastor Condemnation, gave me. (laughs) And I've been observing your life. Number seven, you halfway did. Number 11, not bad. But the rest of them, you the devil. You the devil! (laughs) You're a prisoner of the principles. Nobody can be good without God in their core. You can't be a good wife, can't be a good husband until the Holy Ghost controls you. Yeah. Yeah. And so without the Holy Ghost fixing you from the inside, you're doomed to brokenness. You're just doomed to brokenness. You have emotional brokenness, relational brokenness, financial brokenness, mental brokenness. We a broken generation. We dress it up. We have our reality TV stars. But they're broken. And we follow their brokenness on Twitter. Everybody said, The God of this age. God of this age. Say, the spirit, of the, age. the spirit of the age. We follow them on crazy Facebook. You know, I think we need to have a Facebook pastor in this church. Because some of you, you look normal until we get you on Facebook at 1 in the morning. What the hell are you saying on Facebook at 1.30 in the morning? Got your profile picture, got your Bathsheba's hanging out, girl. <laughs> one millimeter from a nipple, put some pose on, girl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one millimeter.
1: <laughs> i'm going to give the lord praise and glory for the wonderful thing, dear god woman and so here's somebody say one millimeter
2: that's
1: tweetable and repeatable hey <laughs> But you're trying to restrain the flesh with the flesh. Only the Holy Ghost can transform a life. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29, down to verse 33. When you understand this principle, you'll run to the Holy Ghost to transform you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29, verse 33. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and they despised my rebuke. Therefore... They shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the fool with their own fancies. For turning away of the symbol will slay them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me dwells safely and will be secure without the fear of evil. Here's what he's saying. You have a garden in your heart. And either you're going to have God's word in that garden or somebody else's word. And that garden's going to have a harvest. And God calls it eating the fruit of your own ways. Why would God let this happen to me? Wasn't God, darling. It was your garden doing it to you. Everybody say, you don't break God's laws. You don't break God's, laws. God's laws break you. Laws break you. You, can't break laws. you can't break God's laws. God's laws break you. I can't believe I just keep meeting the same wicked men. It's not God directing you. Your garden Found that man. I can't believe I can't keep a job. Not God resisting you. Your garden, you're eating the fruit of your own ways. I don't know how come I can't keep a friend. Not God. It's your own garden. Because of what you got in your garden, nobody wants to be your friend. I want a crop for you. I want some of these old seeds to die inside of me. And that's why God's got you here. Now, some of you, we cannot change your past. You had a horrible, broken, demonic, crazy Sodom and Gomorrah past. And God knows it. But you know what? He's saying, you're going to be a new creature in Christ. You're not going to be a rebuilt sinner, darling. But you got to face the things inside of your soul that were not put there by God. And that's how you get delivered. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to look my pain in the face. The best counseling forces you to look your pain in the face. You want to get delivered? Call your sin by the same name God calls it. Everybody say, you don't break God's laws. You don't break God's, laws. God's laws break you. Laws break you. You, can't break laws. you can't break God's laws. God's laws break you. Proverbs chapter one, verse eight and nine. This is so prophetic, but it's so simple. It's so prophetic. But it's so simple. Every bad church violates what I'm about to say. Every crazy home violates what I'm about to say. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. They will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Everybody say the word Torah. Shout Torah. The Torah was the first five books of the Bible. And the word Torah doesn't really mean law. Unfortunately, it was translated law in the New Testament from the Greek uh, New Testament. But really, it should not be translated law. The word Torah means the father points the way. Wow. Everybody say the father, the father points the way. Points the way. You know when the Bible said in John where Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the light. He was saying Torah. And so everything in that book was not to be a law, but it was to be a principle that the father's nature guided you to its fulfillment. You see, when you read that book, it has to be filtered through a nature. Everybody said the kingdom of heaven is nature driven. -driven. The 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 kingdom of hell is nature driven. And so here's the way God designed it, that as you read the scriptures, it was filtered through the heart of a father who said, son, do it this way. Here's why. There's always explanation with the word of God where the mother would filter it. And she'd say, honey, do it this way. Well, this is why. But without that nature, it gets filtered through a wrong nature. And many of you have rejected the God who was not the God you're rejecting. It was the word from the Bible filtered to a wrong nature. That's why Jesus hated the Pharisees. He called them animal names, but it wasn't just a little kid game. He said, you're a wolf, you're a snake, you're a dog, you're a pig. You know why? Because they would preach the word from God through the nature of a snake. They would interpret the word from God through the nature of a wolf. A pig, a dog. See, the word and the spirit agree. You don't just get the word, you get the spirit of the person that comes through. You know, I know Pastor David and Amber. Oh, they're not perfect people. But you know what I do like about Amber and David? They will self-adjust. They're better than the GPS in your car. You know what happens when you make a mistake on the GPS? Recalculating. And they tell you the first place to turn around. That's what I like about them. And if you come to church looking for a perfect pastor, you're never going to find one. Yeah. The best you can hope for is a pastor who can recalculate from the Holy Ghost as quick as possible. Yeah. You know why this couple is here? They are here to lead the way. Jesus is not the product. Everybody say Jesus is not the product. Jesus, Jesus is not the product. He's the Potter. This couple is the product. When he tells his journey and his story, if God can redeem him, God can redeem you. If God can take Amber out of her fears and her dysfunction, then he can do the same. And I want to hear your story. Say, his glory, his glory. Is, in my story. is in my story. You know what it means to be glorified? It means you are glorified in the image of God compared to what you used to be. Anytime people say, man, that guy's messed up. And I say, as compared to what? As compared to what? See, some of you, if we knew you from when you first came to this church, you were a
2: mess.
1: (laughs) You were a stinking, filthy, festering mess. You know, when I first got saved, I was smoking marijuana. Unapologetically, as in the military in Spain, I did never read the Bible. I'd roll a joint, open my Bible, and I'd smoke weed and read the Bible. I was getting high with the most high. Hey, hey. I didn't know. I didn't know. I went, man, there's a good buck right here. Man, a good buck. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm underlining stuff. I mean, I'm high and I'm underlining. That, that's pretty good right there. Hope I can remember it. <laughs> So when you tell your story about how you got in the flow with God, it gives hope to everybody. That's right. Come on. Everybody say perfect is, not perfect is not possible. Come on, say perfect is, not perfect is not possible. This is not a place for perfect people. This church is not a place for perfect people. On. But once you see the way and you get a hold of God, then you begin to change. And in this place right now, there are many different levels of frustration, progression. I see the next thing I'm going to do. That's the way churches are. We're going from glory to glory to glory to glory, image to image to image to image. And the way that you start changing is when you see the truth about where you are right now and you go to the next level. The best counseling forces you to look your pain in the face. You want to get delivered, call your sin by the same name God calls it. And that's why when you preach truth, there's always transition, always transition. So God told Adam and Eve, the day you eat from that fruit, you will die. Unless you understand what death is, you will never get restored. Here's what death is. God defines death as no interpretation of the life you're living from the father's nature. That's what death is. No interpretation of the father's nature. They just had good and bad to interpret things. That's good. That's bad. That's good. That's bad. But the problem is that we are not living in eternity. Everybody say, I am trapped trapped in time and space. space. I am trapped trapped in in time and space. So when we ask the father, he's looking through eternity to see the effect of our choices. No, no, don't do that, son. For five years, it'll be like really good. Then everything around that decision is going to fall apart. Don't make that decision. But you're saying, but God, she's the one. He said, you don't understand. She got nice face, everything nice, but there's a dragon inside of her. She going to blow up in five years. Leave her alone, son. (laughs) He the one, Lord. I just know he the one. He bought me flowers. His breath smells nice. He's nice, Lord. He said, Not the one. I see from eternity, the end from the beginning. You don't see what I see, honey. Leave it alone. See, we're trapped in time and space. Everybody say, I am trapped trapped in time and space. space. I am trapped trapped in in trapped trapped in in time and space. If you could just get this revelation that we're trapped in time and space and that our view of everything is so limited, you'd run for the father's interpretation. Oh, daddy, talk to me about what I'm about to do. Should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Do you understand that God is interested in every one of your decisions? Because there's so many divine domino effects to every situation. the are eternal domino effects. Here's what death defined means. Separation from the father's interpretation. Separation from the father's nature. You go from a son to a slave. Eve's nature changed from perfect and divine to human. You go from the incorruptible to the corruptible. You go from abiding to hiding. You go from light to darkness. You go from fearlessness to living in fear. You go from having God's honor on you to living in shame. You go from total acceptance to uncertainty and rejection. You know why? Because you don't just reject God's voice. You reject God's nature. Now, the many of you in this room today, you've got a lot of missing conversations. you got a lot of missing conversations. If you didn't have a father who was godly, you got a lot of missing conversations. If you had a bad mother, you got missing conversations or crazy conversations. You got all these reference points in your head. Some are good, some are bad, but most of them are not God's word. And it's a lot of work replacing all those crazy conversations. A lot of work. You know, I was talking to Pastor Dave here, and he gets a lot of gypsy-type people coming to his church. They don't want to stay rooted. They kind of float in, float out. I'm here when it's my convenience time. But if you know his testimony, he was a gypsy following the Grateful Dead for how many years? Went to 45 concerts, 12 years. He was a gypsy. I said, but you know what? God healed the gypsy in you. That means you must have an anointing for gypsies. That he can heal the gypsy, deal with the gypsy, talk straight to the gypsy. Now, I felt led to tell this story. This is about a 30-year-old story. I was working in a business. I led one of the guys to the Lord. He was 32 years old. He was movie star handsome. This guy was like super handsome, white guy, super handsome. He worked at the gym probably 10 hours a week. When he took his shirt off, he was just ripped. Had a touch of gray right here. And when I got this guy born again, I began to get involved in his life. And I noticed that all of his previous girlfriends were Bambolinas. Everybody say, Bimbalina. Bimbalina. They were just barely legal. (laughs) 18, 19 years old. But they were the bubblegum. Hee, ha, hee. And he'd bring them around. They were gorgeous. Tight bodies, nice hair, beautiful faces. But they were about 14 years old emotionally. And he's 32. They're just arm candy. I mean, they just ended up going. I said, let me ask you a question. But he said, what do you find attractive about those girls you're dating with? Now, he's 32. They're barely legal. He said, man, we just get along. We just get along. I said, really? And I began to ask him questions as I was led by the Holy Ghost. I said, now, did you get involved in drugs? He goes, yeah. When did you get involved in drugs? He says, when I was 14 years old. Are you drawing the connections yet? You see, the moment you get involved in something that's illegal, immoral, unethical, unbiblical, unbiblical. You go into hiding. He went into hiding at 14. And the only way that you grow as a human being and an individual is by having reality based conversations. Somebody say reality based -based. conversations. Conversations. So this guy stuck his emotional growth at 14 to 16. He was 32 years old, but emotionally, he's about 17. 18 years old. That's why he found solace with these age girls, the little bimbalinas. And so we began to have these reality-based conversations. He began to grow. And there are some of you, because you've been hiding from the pain of your parents' divorce, you got into some kind of crazy sexual issues, you got on drugs, whatever it is, you've been living in the darkness, even though you've been coming to this church. And your choices are the choices of an adolescence. Why would a man, 38 years old, spend 16 hours a week playing Game Boy? Oh, Game Boy. Prophetic. <laughs> little man, baby. Somebody say, he's a little man, baby. <laughs> and some of the girls are just, they're about the same. Little polyester princess. You're still living the life of Barbie, just with adult clothes. Never learn how to cook or take care of a family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You think you'll get by on your looks and your charm. Charm is deceptive, the Bible says. I said charm is deceptive. And when you get married to somebody like that, it's agony. Because that's good for dating. Oh, you can hold your breath for three hours a night and put up with their stink. But when you get married to them, ho. Oh, The game is over. How many know that you're on your best behavior when you're dating? Check your breath 35 times before you get in the door. She calls the girlfriends. How does this look? Check my hair. Basically, you're an actress on a date. (laughs) Basically, it's a job interview. It's a marriage job interview. Now, some of you, you're a little bit more wicked. You had no intention of marrying that guy. You was there for the food and entertainment. Is he marriage material? Nobody, we're going to a nice restaurant. I'm gonna order the forty-eight ounce steak. I'm gonna eat good for three more days, baby. How you're just dating for food and entertainment. No intention. Now, why is this so important? You're a professional actor on a date. Nobody knows who you really are. And after the wedding is over, it's surprise. (laughs) You kept all them demons hidden in a trunk someplace. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you got a little gas on a date, you say, excuse me. You run outside. You walk back in all composed. Oh, but when you married, you walk right past her. Honey, it's natural.
2: It's just natural. You got to let it out. It'll make you sick. You got to let it out.
1: And listen to me, God wants you to come out of hiding because when you hide, you hide from the Lord and yourself, you're hiding from the Lord and yourself today in this room, God is saying, you got to make a decision to come into the light. You got to make a decision that no matter what your past story is, I got to let it out. If I'm going to have fellowship, say I was not made. To be, to be alone. I was not made. I was not made. To, be alone. to be alone. I was made. I was made. For, fellowship. For fellowship. And community. And community. How many have seen the latest version of Cinderella? You know where the word Cinderella comes from? The girl that took care of the fireplace. The cinders. She was Cinderella. She was the, She's always dirty. And so the prince falls in love with her. And as she's coming down the stairs. She says. In response to this question, will you be my wife? She says, if you will take me as I am. If you will take me as I am. If you will take me as I am. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Your true friends will take you as you are. Your true pastor will take you as as you are, your true future husband will take you as you are, your true future wife with all your baggage will take you as you are because they recognize the power of transformation in the Holy Ghost. So you gotta understand that whenever you marry somebody, you're gonna marry a work in progress. Look at your neighbor and say, You are a work in progress. Say, you are a work in progress. See, when you marry somebody, you don't get the person that they've been projecting on those dates. That's not the one you get. You get the one that has never been a mother to a sick child. You're getting one that's never been a father for the first time to teach a son how to ride a bicycle. You never married that person with the anticipation When they got the cancer report back on your dad. Because every new problem, they have to evolve into what God is calling them to be because they're being transformed from glory to glory to glory. So the best thing you can marry is somebody who's got enough marriage material to repent, to say I'm sorry, not to go into hiding. Is anybody hearing me tonight? In this room right now, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain in this room. You came to the church with hopes, dreams that maybe I'll get better by being here. Unless you come out of hiding, you won't. You just won't do it. But if you say, you know what? God loves me unconditionally. He doesn't put any conditions on his love for me. Now, God puts conditions on serving him. You got to do some things right for you to serve because you represent or you represent the Lord. But just to come to God initially, no. He says, Come, everybody, I got power to change you. You know why God is not intimidated with your sin? Because He has power to change you. But God cannot heal what you refuse to reveal, God cannot heal. What you refuse to reveal, and if you are fearful of rejection, that seals your fate. And there are many of you in this room today. You have no idea the great thing God put inside of you. Wow. He's going to develop it. You know, one of the things that I've been gifted with is prophetic sight. I've been gifted to be able to see potential in people. I've been gifted to see. Dormant gifts and abilities in people. And because I've liked that, because I have that, I can see people that other people give up on. And I can say, wait, hold on. No, 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 don't throw them away. There's something there. They're just something there. God has something good for you. I have a story of a good friend of mine. I won't mention his name for obvious reasons after you hear the story. But his wife. Began to play for the other team, if you know what I mean. She became a lesbian. Forced him to get a divorce, and he was in the ministry. He began to date a younger girl, and she had issues with him having been married. She goes, I feel like I'm getting seconds by marrying him. She was very honest, because I was asking her these direct questions. And there was a little bit of an age difference, and I said, let me ask you a question. Were you ever married? She goes, no, I've never, she, with a with self-righteousness, I've never been married huh, he's been married, I've never been married. I said, well, did you ever live with anybody? She goes, I lived with a guy for five years. I said, well, you were married, common law. And the shock on her face, she went, I'm a divorced person too. I'm broken too. Now they're married with like three kids and they're in the ministry. But there was a lie that's saying I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you because I have no tattoo. I'm better than you because I never did the sin that you did with your body. I may have slept with 30 people, but you just flat out crazy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are judging them that God can't repair them back to the original state that they were in his mind before they were born. That's what the church is about. Total restoration. Somebody say total restoration. Total restoration. Say total restoration. Total restoration. You know why God raised a group up so that you could have? Total restoration. So that when the most broken person comes into the group, they will have? Total restoration. That when they mess all their life up and they're only 32, when they come here, they can get? Total that no matter what kind of crazy daddy or mommy they've ever had, when they walk in a group, they can have Total But you're a part of that. You're a part of that. You know, when God wants to bless you, he sends you a person. And when the devil wants to curse you, he sends you a person. So are you a blessing or a curse? The devil goes to church, y'all. Predators go to church. Stalkers go to church. I know guys that go to church to pick up girls because church girls are easy. They got hope. They believe in restoration. Can I give you a prophetic word? If you're going to get into a serious relationship in this church, make an appointment for one of the staff here to scan your potential guy. To scan your potential girl. You see, when you're in love, all you can see is good. In love, you just kind of override every red flag. He don't have a job, but he's so good to me. (laughs) He don't pay child support, but he'll do it for me. (laughs) When you're in love, all you can see is good. When you're in hate, all you can see is bad. Hear me. And when you're in shame, all you can see is you. And there's a lot of you here that are in shame. You've been eaten up by shame. And the Lord wants to do something in this group that becomes a nuclear weapon against shame. Shame is destroying your generation. They're posers, they're faking, their are Facebook, they're faking everything about themselves to present the you that they think you want to see. And all the time, they're hollow and dying on the inside. We need to send a Cinderella prophecy. I will marry you if you take me as I am. The Lord says, I will take you as you are. There are many of you in this room tonight. Your past is so broken. You got so many issues. But I got a good word for you. He accepts you as you are. Everybody say, shame. Says I am something wrong. I am
2: something
1: Guilt says. I did something wrong. I did something wrong. Shame says. I am something wrong. I, says, I am something wrong. Guilt says. Guilt says I did something wrong. I did something. Now, let me say this. If you can't tell your story, he can't heal you. This thing has to be done in the light. There is no redemption outside the light. There is no redemption in the darkness. Say there is no redemption, no redemption. In, the in the darkness. You got to come to the light. That means you got to tell your story. If they find out how many guys I slept with. well, then they weren't for you. They don't believe in the power of God can help you. You may be missing God's choice. There was a harlot named Rahab in the Bible. She hid him in the brothel. And she came with the people that were taking Jericho. And you see the list of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Rahab the harlot is in Jesus' family line. So if God says, I can take a girl who slept around. How come you can't? If that's the choice that God has for you. You just like that other lady. I've never been married. I just shacked up for five years. Hmm. You old self-righteous thing. You know what's going to kill this group is self-righteousness. It'll just kill this group because you will begin to put self-righteous judgment on people that did not have the same kind of sin that you did. Today, God is saying, let me touch you in a brand new way. If you will take me as I am. If you will take me as I am.
2: Thank you for taking me as I am, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for taking me as I am. All my brokenness Not having the strength to admit that I wanted to be married one day, Lord. That was my biggest thing. I was the biggest adulterer, the biggest fornicator. Thank you, Lord. You took all my brokenness and you took it all away. Thank you, Lord. My addiction, my addiction to any kind of drug I had back in the day, my addiction to porn, my addiction to everything that was so man-made and of the flesh, you stripped that from me, Lord. You stripped that from me. You showed me to be a better father. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Not only did you show me how to be a better father, Lord. I took in man-made family. I joined a motorcycle club. I was doing all kinds of wretched things. And the 19 people that I was so afraid to let go of. But you gave me a family. And here they gave me all
1: of (laughs) y'all. Thank you, Lord. Reuben, I want you to look at that camera. And I want you to talk to the people who are where you used to be. The spirit of an evangelist is going to come on you. Open your eyes and talk to them right now. Come home.
2: Simple. I was so afraid to come home. And ever since I did. It's amazing. That's all I got to say is come home. Your father's waiting for you. Your father's waiting for you. Trust me. Your father is waiting. It took my son and his mother To show me that my father has always been there. Thank you, Lord. If he can save me, he can save anybody. Thank you, Lord. If you can save me, you can save anybody. Anybody. No one is more powerful than our Lord. No one. And I'm living proof. Thank you for taking me as I am, Lord. Thank you for taking me as I am, Lord. Thank you for taking me as I am, Lord. Thank you for taking me as I am, Lord. Thank you for taking me as I am. In spite of the lust, in spite of the pornography that I hid behind closed doors and was afraid to talk to anybody about, in spite of the fact that I grew up without a father and did not know anything about fatherly love or so much brokenness inside that I was afraid to talk to anybody about you love me in spite of it all. That stature today is a testimony that God can be a father. He can be anything
1: that He need that you need Him to be. If you have the faith to confess that you need help, He can help you. Everybody say, "You don't break God's laws." You don't break God's, laws. God's, laws break you. God's laws break you. You can't break God's laws. You can't break God's, laws. God's, laws break you. God's laws break you. Come on, somebody say, "I'm going to look my pain in the face." The best counseling forces you to look your pain in the face. You want to get delivered, call your sin by the same name God calls it. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About myself. About myself. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About my, about my family. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. About my father. About my father. About my mother. About my mother. Tell me the truth. Tell me the about my family. Say, I, I was not made to be alone. To be alone. I, was not made I was not made to be alone. To be alone. I, was made I was made for fellowship, for fellowship and community. And community.
0: Our prayer and heart's desire is that today's message has caused you to see Jesus more clearly, causing you to become a better disciple, walking in both wisdom and power in your generation. For further information about Kevin's ministry, books, tapes, or to have him come to your church or conference, call or write Key Ministries, Post Office Box 10357, Pensacola, Florida, 32524, or on the web at kevinleal.com. You can call our offices at 850 475 8877. Our prayers that the Holy Spirit will water this word and cause it to grow in your life.